and uh, we'll say our confession here. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please, on Saturday, we're living here at 9 o'clock, going to Calvert for the outreach there. So if you want to go, we're living at 9. Amen. Today, I just want to share from the Word of God, um, ask whatever. Ask whatever. Ask whatever. Prayer is not just a spiritual exercise, just to feel good about your spiritual life. Prayer is not just fellowship with God. We hear that a lot. That's included. And that's very important. It's fellowship with God. But with God, prayer is the means that God has set aside for us. On earth. To get our needs met. God set it up that way. To get every single need that you have in your life met. Through prayer. And that's the way God sees it. You know, in James chapter 4 verse 2, it says you lost. And you do not have. You murder, covet, and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have, because you did not ask. You do not ask. So the reason that you do not have is because you are not asking. You've done everything you know to do to get. You're doing something, but you're not doing the right thing. Everything is in the flesh. God says you do not have because you're not asking. The only reason that you do not have is because you're not asking. Many times we want to call, get on the phone and tell somebody about what's going on. Well, tell God. Ask for something. God has given us this privilege to ask so that he can meet our needs. And he's telling you the only reason you don't have is you didn't ask. You're not asking. So asking is very important. You ask from the Lord. You know, Jesus tells us about prayer and we just referred to that. He said to us, in this manner, therefore pray. In this manner, therefore pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Important. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's important. In heaven, no one is sick. If God's will is done on earth as it is in heaven... If God's will is done in your life as it is in heaven, there are no hospitals in heaven. No one is sick. And that's God's will. So he tells us how to pray. If you pray, pray that heaven comes to earth, into your life. So what's happening in heaven, 
That's what God wants for us. If you want to know the will of God, that's the will of God. He wants heaven on earth as the days of heaven on earth. And we can have that. And the Bible says we do not have that because we're not asking for it. And God cannot lie. God cannot lie. We ask half-hazardly. We don't, we're not really meaning what we're saying. We don't expect heaven to come to earth when we ask. But God's saying the only reason why that's not happening, you're not asking, really asking. But that's what His will is. That heaven's will may be done on earth. In heaven, no one is sick. We've talked about that. No one is sorrowful. There are no wants in heaven. No one has any need in heaven. Every need is met. There is peace in heaven. There is joy in heaven. That's God's will for us. No one is sad. There's no one having difficulty remembering anything. That's heaven's will. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We can pray that for our lives. Pray this way, Jesus said. First, give glory to God. Thank God. But then pray this way. We're Christians. We hear His words. And we believe, well, I believe that. But do you really believe that? If you believe it, you'll go to the Lord. Now, the Bible says when you come before God, prepare your heart. What you're going to say, get your arguments together. Isaiah tells us that. Come in with your arguments, your strong arguments with God. This is what you said, and I'm expecting it to happen. I'm expecting a change because that's what God has told us in His, in, in, in his Word. You see, in heaven, they don't need United Nations. It's always peace. Because the Prince of Peace lives there. So you don't need the United Nations in your home or in your marriage, okay? <laughs> Everything is peaceful because the Lord is there. The Lord who is there is there. That's the will of God. Jesus said, pray this way. This is the way I want you to pray. If we take his word seriously, then we're asking him, God, what about this? What about what you said? And like David, and I've often said this, if you read the life of David, God gave him a promise that was unusual. That was so unusual, a promise. God was telling David, there will always be a king from your house. And he was referring to Jesus. I'm not sure if David understood what God was saying. And, and Nathan the prophet told him this. I mean, we're reading the scriptures, right? Nathan was a prophet just like a man. He was David's friend. Remember? We always think that these guys, they had halos around their head, you know. He was just a man, just like us. Nathan was David's friend. Sometimes Nathan was afraid to say something to David. He was the king. Remember, before Solomon be became king, Nathan was scared. They had to plug behind the scene to go to David. So David knew Nathan, that was his friend. And Nathan went to David and said, God said this, this about you. Don't worry about what happened to Saul. It will never happen to you. Those were not his words, but David understood that. But there was no, there's always going to be a king from your line. And David understood, and David went before God. He left his home, went into the tabernacle, and sat there for a long time. And then he said, God, I don't understand. Why do you like me so much? Those were not his words. But why have I found favor in your sight so much? 
And then he says, look, you've done so much for me. And now you're saying you're going to do this. And then after he thanked God, then he said, now God, remember what you said. Don't forget what you said. Make sure that this word will happen in my home. He had his time there and left. Guess what? God didn't forget. God didn't forget. We need to examine his word. Take his word literally just as he says. Let's not be unbelieving believers. Take the word and go to God and ask God, this is what you said. That's the only way you can experience God. When you challenge God, when you're having a difficult time and you say, there's no way out and you're crying out to God, I'm telling you, God then will come through and when he comes through, he reminds you. I've had that happen so many times. Sometimes I pray and I've forgotten about it. Happy me just going. And God, I hear this thing in my spirit that says, you remember you prayed for this? Oh yeah, I remember. He lets you know. Why? So you can trust him more. Amen? So you can trust him more and ask more from him. So he wants us to pray that way. You know why God wants us to ask him to do things for us? Which things that are already His will to do for us. Because He really cannot come into your life until you give Him permission. We have to understand that this is a key principle. If you didn't get anything this night, please get this. God cannot do anything in your life until you give Him permission. He already wants to do that for you. Somebody said, well, it's up to God now. I said, no, it's not up to God if it's up to God, you're out of here. That problem is solved. It's not up to God. It's really up to you. Because God cannot come into your life unless you give Him permission. God cannot come into your business until you give Him permission. God's not coming into your finances until you give Him permission. He doesn't force you to give. It's up to you to give. He can't come in until you give Him permission. That's a spiritual law. If you get nothing tonight, get this. That's a spiritual law. God will actually stay under that law. He's put himself under that law. And every spirit being, they all come under that law. Jesus stands at the door and knocks. Remember that scripture in Revelation? He can come in. You can keep him out of your life for 30 years, 50 years, 90 years. He's there. He wants to come in, but you don't open. He's not coming in. So that's a spiritual principle. That's why he says to us, pray thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Until you give him permission to deal with your finances, he's not coming in there. Until you talk to him about your marriage, about what's going on in your family, what's going on in your children, he loves you. Hurts for what's going on, but you didn't give him permission to do anything. And you actually didn't tell him to do anything. But he wants heaven's will to be done in your life. It's so simple. It's complicated because we have a devil in the world. And the flesh is also in the way. Otherwise it gets so easy. Let's not make it that complicated. God says, ask. Ask. In, in, in Psalm 115... Verse 16, it says here, The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's. But the earth He has given to the children of men. When God gives you something, that's, that's your thing. 
the heaven, even the heavens, all of that. That's God's territory. He reigns supreme over there. But the earth he gave to man. The same principle holds. Satan cannot come into your life until you give him permission. And you give him permission by something that you did, something that you said, some action he understands, and then he comes in. He has no right to come into your life. And the day you're tired of him troubling you, give him quick notice. And tell him when you want him to leave. And believe me, he has to leave. He may be stubborn. He doesn't want to go pretend, I didn't hear you. No, I know you heard me. And you got to leave. He's got to leave. You remember the devils who always say to Jesus, have you come to destroy us before the time? You wonder why? They knew the time and Jesus couldn't destroy them before the time. So they want to distract him. Jesus said, let's not go there. I just want you out of the man's life. Come out. So we have to understand that principle. So the earth is given to us. We turned it over to the enemy. When we turn away from God and we turn to the enemy, now we are giving him rights into our lives to do whatever he wants. And we think something is happening to us but because it's generally because I've done something that I shouldn't have done. So I go to God, what's going on? Where did I step out of line? What did I say? And if there's nothing you've done, then we go back to Job's time. When it's over, God's giving you a test, right? God tested Abraham. If it's not the enemy or you haven't given permission, it's a test. And, and it's a test for promotion. And let me tell you, you are not going to the next level until you pass the test. There's no promotion in high school until you pass the test. And, and, and taking a test is not that far fun. I mean, you pray about it and you're nervous as you take the test. But once you pass the test, it's time for promotion. God allows a test. We have to understand that. So I have to decide, did I open the door for the enemy? The Bible says, don't make room for the devil. Remember that scripture? Don't make room. Because until you make room, he can't come in. He can't. So, but when we make room for heaven, guess what? Heaven comes in. And it's all by our, us asking. The heaven, even the heavens, they're the Lord. But the earth, he has given to the sons of men. That's why Satan cannot do anything. Remember when the Antichrist comes, it's got to walk through a human, right? When God came to save us, how did he do it? He's got to walk through a man. Jesus, right? That's a simple principle. And Jesus came as a man. And I've not told, said it often here, that Jesus re- referred to himself more as the son of man than he referred to himself as the son of God. You know what he was saying? I got right here. I'm a man. And I'm right with God. And I'll bring heaven down here. And you, you wonder what he was praying all night. And you say, what, what, what did he need? <laughs> he was calling heaven to the earth as a man. He was calling heaven to the earth as a man. And when he died, he left everything there for us. And then he turned it over to us. Now it's our turn to call heaven to the earth. We're not helpless. We got mouths to pray. Amen? We can call on God. We're not helpless. God can walk through us. It may not happen overnight, just like with Daniel, right? Once we start praying, according to the angel, the day you started praying, the answer was given. 
If it's delayed, that's because an enemy is trying to stop it. But they can't be succeed. I got the blood of Jesus. Amen? And I got the Holy Spirit. So we pray that way. And God answers from heaven. There is nothing too hard for God. There's nothing that God cannot do. There's nothing God cannot do, no matter how tough it is. The worst of it, when I'm in real trouble, the worst of it is you die, right? But Jesus can still raise you from the dead, even if you're dead. I heard a pastor, he said it in our church. He says, when, when you get into a fight with God, <laughs> that's a serious fight. He'll fight you everywhere you go. You go to the hole, he goes with you, he's fighting you. You come out, he's fighting you. You die, he wakes you up, and he con- the fight continues. <laughs> he doesn't quit. He raised you up for judgment. You got to fight with me? <laughs> Let's fight. It's going to be a fight through eternity. Yeah. We read the story in uh, John chapter 11. I like this story. Because it talks about, about fighting. And asking from God. And refusing to give him. Even in the face of serious difficulty, we're so, like I said on Sunday, we look at the things that are seen more than the things that are unseen. The things that are unseen, they are written in this book. They are as living as I'm seeing you right now. This word is living. The words that are spoken in this book, they are spirit and they are life. They are alive. These are the things that God wants us to look to. Not the things that we see. We have to say everything that we see. Some things that we see, we shouldn't even speak of. We should ignore them. Don't even see it. You can think it. It's logical in your mind. But don't say it. Because you were created in His image. We have to recognize that. In the church, it's like that. Everybody sits and plants a seed. And everyone is saying the same thing sickness, whatever it is, as long as you keep saying that, that's exactly what's going to happen. You can't change the narrative. If you keep saying things to your children and the same thing, you will give you up sowing. And if you sow, the Bible says your words are seed. When you sow, you are going to reap. The world calls itself fulfilling prophecy, right? We shouldn't say some things. Even if it feels right. But if it contradicts the book and what the book says, we shouldn't even say those things. And we must believe in the impossible because God, with God, nothing shall be impossible. As long as you are alive as human, you, there's still hope. And in my mind, I've taken it this way. Jesus took the same flesh that I took. And as long as I'm in the same flesh that the Son of God took, He's always on my side. And if he's on my side, there's still hope. Something can change. You can try to do something for 50 years and be unsuccessful. And then one day, God will change that. Sometimes it takes just one man to come into your life and everything is changed. Just some divine appointment. Totally unexpected. You meet this one man and and everything is transformed. And from that day on, everything changes. So God has a divine time 
and a divine appointment for every one of us who are his children. You're not an accident. God knew you from the foundation of the world. He knew you were going to be here 2017, here tonight. He knew that. And he has your life planned for you. That should give us confidence and hope that God is with us. Now, Mary and Martha, they sent a message to Jesus. I believe Mary, uh, Jesus was in, in Galilee, and they were in Bethany, very close to Jerusalem, just about two miles from Jerusalem. And they said, the one that you love is sick. And Jesus never moved. Those are the most difficult times for us. When we've cried out, and what they were saying, we need you here to heal him. I, I, I really wish that they had said, could you just speak a word from over there? <laughs> Amen? Their faith was not there. But there was another guy that said, hey, Gentile. And Jesus made it clear, I've never seen faith like this in Israel. You remember that? The Jews didn't have a Peter, didn't have that kind of faith. But this Gentile got it down. <laughs> That's an amazing thing. I like that guy, <laughs> okay? He got it. Martha and they didn't get it. They were saying, Jesus, leave Galilee and come over here. I wish they had told Jesus, why don't you just give a word from over there? And our brother would be okay. They wanted him physically there. But God had his purpose. And they knew Jesus as a friend. And they knew it was the Lord, the Messiah. They knew that. But by the time Jesus showed up, Lazarus had been in the grave for four, four days. I like this narrative here. It says in verse 21, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. The next verse, verse 22, is so important. It says, but even now. Can we all say that? But even now. I know. Please say with me, I know. Do you really know? She was talking about somebody who's been dead for days. At least four days. He's been in the grave for four days, right? At least four days. And she says, your brother, my brother wouldn't have died if you had been here. But then she said, but even now, I know, I know that whatever you ask the Father, he'll give to you. Whatever, I know, even now. Let me tell you this. If God is not in the now, he was not in the yesterday. Amen. And if God was not in yesterday, he can be in the future. And she says, even now, I know. That's the place where we have to come. Where we know that no matter what's going on, we know that whatever we ask in his name, you know what that means in his name? It's as if he himself is doing the asking. That's what it means. When we ask in his name, it's like Jesus is doing the asking. And it's his will. And we'll come into that. It's his will to do exactly what we're asking. Why? Because he'll give them joy, right? If he's going to give you joy, it's God's will. 
We're coming to that. But then it, this, she said, I know. I know. I know. You know, many, have, many in the church have taken the, uh, the name of God to be I was. There's in those days when God was young and he was very strong and very mighty. But now he's become the ancient of days. He just sits there. They've changed I am to I was. He's old now. But God wants, he's interested in every area of your life. God's interested in your well-being. God's interested in anything that makes you happy. God is interested in your health. He's interested in your marriage. He's interested in your children. He's interested in your happiness. He said, I came that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. We hear these words and we don't believe it. And he said, God, please help me. I, you know, at least help my own belief. Read it and say, God, I need your help. Because these things I'm reading, well, they are so lofty. And so lofty. I need you to help me. He is not the God that was. Remember what Jesus said in, in John chapter 5, verse 17. He says, my father is working until now and I work. My father is still working. He's not Sabbath for the father. He's not ancient of days. He's still working till now. He says, my father is working up till now and I work. I'm still working as well. You know, if you read the scripture here, Jesus said, to her in verse 23 your brother will rise again your brother will rise again and master said to him I know I like the word that he will rise again in the resurrection and the last day and Jesus said to her I am the resurrection and the life he who believes in me though he may die he shall live. And what, whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And then he asked her, do you believe this? She said, yes, Lord. Yes, I believe that. You know what that's going on? And Jesus said, your brother will live again. And she said, oh yes, I know he'll live again in the future. Jesus said, you're looking at the future. This is it. I am your future. Amen. Let's not postpone this matter. He'll rise again. You're looking at that. He's, he's the future right here. You got a problem? Yeah, he's here. He take care of the problem. You're looking at the future. Let's not postpone it. Let's do it right now. That's too far off. I didn't come all the way from Galilee uh, to talk about the future. I came from Galilee for the present. Even now, I know. I know. I know. That's why he came. Ask whatever. Ask whatever. Very important. There was a Shunammite woman. 
in uh, First Kings, Second uh, Kings actually, chapter four. Um, Elisha would go by, and and she, she, she's probably a gentle person, and, and she says, "Well, that's the man of God." <laughs> when you give a cup of water, you know what it says? You won't lose your reward. And she says to her husband, "Let's feed him." And Elisha got used to it, you know. Every time he goes by, he says, ah, that lady's over there. I'm going to have some hamburgers over there. <laughs> and he go and have some good food there. And the lady said to her husband, now listen, he comes in. I mean, he likes us. He comes in. He's the man of God. You know, these Jewish people, I mean, let's build something here at the upper room so she, he can have time. In other words, his presence will bring us blessings. Amen? He carries the word of God. And that's what happens. Every time he comes around, he's sleeping in their house. But he, uh, the prophet finally felt, this is getting too good. I got to do something for this lady. Call that lady, Gehazi. What, what does she, would you, you think she has any need? I know they got substance. But you, can you find any need? He said, well, she doesn't have a son. No child in the house. We can't hear any noise in the house. He said, call that woman. And he talked to her and he said, look, this time next year, hello, <laughs> I love it. He said, this time next year, you have a son. And she says, oh gosh, this is exciting. Man of God, don't lie to me now. <laughs> she believed it. She believed it. Don't lie to me. This is so good. I've been looking for this. And, and, and God gave her that son, that son time. Let me say this. God will give you the desires of your heart. The desires of a righteous man shall what? Be granted. The problem is, if it's not happening to us real quick, we just conclude, well, I guess God didn't want me to have it. <laughs> so we let go. But the Bible says we must continue. In well-doing, right? Continue. Well-doing is believing God for something. And refusing to let go. Continue in that well-doing. Don't be weary in doing well. For in due season, you reap. So stay with it. And she had that son. I had the way. The boy died. But notice something. The boy was in the field with the father. You can read the story. He was in the field with the father and said, My head, my head. And father said, take, take him to his mother. That's the fifth person. May that never be so in your house if you're a guy. <laughs> take him to the mother. And the boy died on her knees. And she kept the boy and put the boy, went up to the man of God's room and left the boy there. And notice something. I noticed. She didn't even tell her husband the boy was dead. She didn't. That's what I've been saying. She says, I'm going to see the man of God. He says, the husband said, why? It's not this fifth time. What is, why are you going? She said, no word. Never mentioned that the, the child was dead. But for us, we want the whole of Houston to know 
Hello? We want everybody. Before long, oh, my son is dead. And you're calling on the phone. And before long, everybody's calling everyone. Oh, did you hear? Did you hear? Did you? When you just buried that child. I'm just saying it as it is. I'm being real. Not if it's contrary to God's word. She never said a word. And, and you don't know the story. She was going to the man of God. And the man of God says, hey, she look, that looks like the Shunammite woman. Something wrong. Go, guys, go tell, find out. She says, is it well? Guess what she says? It is well. Yes. In the face of death. She was still maintaining it is well. Well, for us, a little financial problem, we're talking about it. What am I going to do? What am I? And they would want everybody to know. I mean, I'm not saying don't care for prayer requests. You can say that, but say it in faith. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's very important because there's nothing too hard for God. The Bible says, ask whatever, right? That's all we need to do. But we like to focus on the negative for some reason. We see it and we want to call it as it is. And we keep seeing those negative things over and over again. And then we're wondering why nothing changes when you keep saying the same thing. Why would anything change? Your words are giving birth to what you're saying. You should be happy about it. Because that's what you're saying. You get what you see. And if you want something different, Say something different. That's what happens in the church. We get divided and everybody wants somebody saying this, another one saying that. What do you really want? The words that we speak, so important. Ask whatever. There is a scripture here about Elijah. In James chapter 5, verse 17 and 18, he said, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Don't you just think that the guy had a halo around him everywhere he went. He was just like you and I. He had to use the bathroom also. He had feelings. He had to think through things. He had problems. He was born by a woman, right? And the scriptures already told us. Anyone born by a woman is going to have difficulties. He was a man like us. That's what he's saying. He had our own our nature in him. Just like us. He was just like us. No different. He said, and he prayed earnestly that it will not rain. And it did not rain in the land, on the land for three years and six months. Three and a half years. How did it happen? A man prayed. So why is James telling us this? Because he's saying, he's just like you. You can do the same thing. That's what he's saying. You can ask whatever. You can ask whatever. And he prayed again. So basically he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain. And the earth produced its fruit. There is a principle here. When we say ask whatever. What the book tells us is so important. There's a principle here. Do you know why he prayed again? If you read in First Kings chapter 18, 
that tells me when he went before Ahab and said to Ahab, no rain in the land until I say so. You know why he did that? Because God had told him it was going to happen. But he prayed, even though God told him it was going to happen. That's where we're missing, missing it. When God speaks a word, you find a promise in the word of God. Just because God has said it, it doesn't mean it's going to happen in your life. You have to take that word, bring it into your life, and ask heaven, heaven's will, to be done in your life. Listen, if you read in First uh, Kings chapter 18, verse 1, it says, And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go present yourself to Ahab, I will send rain on the earth. So if God said he's going to send rain, why should I pray about it? Do you get this story here now? God has already said, so I'm just going to sit down and wait. That's not what he did. He went and prayed, even though God had told him, I'm going to send rain. So God's giving us his word. Don't just sit there and expect it to happen. You've got a word of prophecy over your life. Well, it's going to happen. No, the Bible says the prophecy is what you use for a good warfare. You're sitting down there because a man of God gave you a prophecy. That's not going to work. The Bible says this prophecy was given to you, Timothy, so that by them you will work a good warfare. So you fight with it. He had to pray heaven's will, which he already knew, because God told him he had to pray down to the earth. But he never told Ahab what was happening behind the scene. He didn't tell Ahab that God has said, he just said, there's going to be rain, you better run. And then he started praying. He started praying. So my thing is, find a scripture that matches your need. Amen? Find a scripture that matches your need. And then take that scripture back to the Lord. And begin to claim it and say, God, this is what you said. In other words, you're asking whatever. That's what Jesus said. Whatever. And God's going to give you because it's there in the scripture. Just by reading it and shouting and doing it, it's not going to work. You read it. You proclaim it. You thank God for it. You ask God for it. And that's when these things will happen. But just sitting there or saying something contrary to what God says, you know what people always say, well, I know the Lord said that, I know the Bible says that, but uh, it's always this but coming in between what God said and, and, and what they expect to happen. But as long as you keep saying that, God cannot move because your but stops God completely until you agree with him. How can two walk together except they are in agreement? So that's where this is. Just because you know God's word doesn't mean or you've read it and God spoke to me in my dream whatever way that's what makes, I, I think in my mind that's what delays it. Because God gave you a vision or somebody prophesied to you and so you sit there and you're waiting for it to happen. That's not what Elijah did. That's not what Elijah did. Now we can go back to Jesus. He always would do what the father, what he saw his father doing. But no prayer when he comes down, right? But he spends time praying. And then when he comes down, 
He's doing what the Father has told him to do. So basically, we know what the Father wants to do, right? But you still have to pray about it. You still have to ask God. You still have to ask heaven to give it to you. Whatever that is. The more specific, the better. The more specific, I've said, the more specific, the better. It's always better that way. Why? Because Satan cannot tell you this was not from God. You know it's from God. And God will remind you. You pray. You remember it's a few weeks, maybe three weeks back now, on Wednesday night like this, uh, Irina told me uh, this was uh, before... Many times we don't talk about what God has done. We forget. But I came in the office. Irina was telling me we were going to have the Easter egg hunt. You remember that? We were here on Wednesday. And they were saying 70% rain all day and all Sunday. Remember that? All Sunday was going to rain. And we came and then we agreed. Remember we all agreed that he wasn't going to rain all Saturday. It won't rain all Sunday unless in the evening when we need to take a nap in the afternoon. Guess what happened? That's exactly what happened. Yes. That's exactly what happened. There was no rain the whole Saturday. And Angela and I had just finished with the kids. We finished at the restaurant. It was evening. I think we went back there late. It was already about 3 or 4 o'clock. That's when the rain started pouring. And I had that voice in my head. Just like we prayed. We all prayed for it. Elijah was a man just like us. We forget to give God thanks. We'll forget to give God thanks. But we were not afraid. We told God, 70%, nothing. God can blow that away. Amen? So we are specific. We told God when we want the rain to come. And he did just that. Stand up with me tonight. I'll continue this next week. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Can we just, I'm glad that came in. We'll pray. We've been hearing God's word right now. Are we, are we all in agreement? As part of what I was going to say later, find somebody that is in agreement with you and won't come out of agreement. So tonight, if all of us can unite, we just bragged on what God has done with the rain. This is nothing to him, okay? This is nothing to him. So let's pray. Whatever they have, doctors have to do, let them do. But God has full control. Father Lord, we thank you. We know that you are with us. According to the scriptures, God who did not spare his son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Lord, those were your words to us tonight. And Lord, we receive those words. And we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. On the behalf of Estelle and the family. We speak life into our body right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we command the lungs to be healed. By the power of the Holy Spirit. By the power of the name of Jesus. We command those lungs to be healed. Lord, let the doctors do whatever they can do. But Lord, we are relying on you right now by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, get in the hospital right now 
and make right what's wrong in our body. In the name of Jesus, we speak life into our body right now in Jesus' name. We speak life into your body, Estelle, in Jesus' name. And we call your lungs healed by the power of the Holy Spirit. The lungs are healed right now. Lord, every procedure, there will be no complication. No complications in the name of Jesus. Everything will go just well. And Lord, she will come out of that induced coma. Whatever they have to do. Lord, let it go well. Let it be the best they've ever seen. Father, we thank you that we have a God like you and you are on our side. And if God be for us, who can be against us? We thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for answering our prayers tonight. Father, we thank you. Let's thank him for answering our prayers on our behalf. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord. We trust in your word. We trust in your word. There has not failed one word of all the good promises that you gave through your servant Moses. More so through your servant Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Thank you for touching Esther right now. We believe. We believe. We stand on your word tonight. We stand on your word tonight. In the name of Jesus, thank you for hearing us. Heavens, thank you for hearing us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We give you praise, God. And everybody said, Amen.